Yo, what's up? 237 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, we're talking to you first-time home sellers. Are you selling your very first home? You'll want to watch or listen to this. Good morning. It's 11-11. He had a wish. What does that mean again? Since you make a wish. There's actually, there's more. There's a deeper meaning to it. I can't remember what it is. Uh, if Ian or Robbie we'll, want to look it up, that would we'll be good. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. Because I feel like there's something to it. I know you make a wish, but it's like someone trying to communicate with you or something. The world trying to communicate with you. Right. Telling, telling you something. The moon's. Something's happening. So today we are talking about first time home seller tips. A lot of people talk to buyers, first time home buyers. What do you do? What should you look for? What should you not look for? What should you avoid? How do you, you know, coordinate things to make yourself successful? Well, the next step for home buyers is selling. What happens when you sell your first home? I am going to say that first time home sellers are probably more nervous and less excited than first time home buyers. Because yes. as a buyer, oh, you're excited. You're going to move out of your current place because you hate it. And you're going to move into this nice new home that you own. And you're thinking about decorating and all this. Yeah, you have maybe some anxiety about these new bills and whatnot, but you're excited. Well, not only that, when you're selling, you have a whole nother variable. It's like you don't know what you can buy until you've sold because the outcome of that affects the next one. Whereas when you're buying your first home, you've got, all right, I've got 50 grand in my account. Let's go buy something. There's a ton of variables when it comes to selling your first home and there's a big checklist. There's a huge checklist when it comes to selling. So doing it for the first time, you might be a little bit nervous. So it's a lot of sen sentimental value attached with your first sure. home. Yes. I know even now when I drive by the neighborhood where my first home was. Yeah. I it's do like the same all thing. those emotions come back. I even drove by the house and poked my face in to look through the window. Did you? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. I was like, oh, <laughs> they haven't painted in 13 years. Wow. Still delightful. Did you actually go right to the front door? Yeah. Well, I knocked. Oh. Nobody was home. My brother, so a story about not first homes, but a home we grew up in. So my brother and his two kids, this is probably going back to last summer, I think. They were in town in Meadowvale where we grew up. And he said, hey, kids, I'm going to show you where you know, daddy grew up. So he took them down our street to Bendigo Circle, 7288 Bendigo Circle, semi-detached home. We lived in that house for, I don't know, a decade uh, or longer probably. And he, anyways, he pulls up in front of the house and he's talking to them, telling them about the house and all the stuff and our neighbors and whatnot, who's many still live there. And the owner comes out and he's kind of looking at Dan all kind of weird, like what the heck are you doing in front of my house for 10 minutes? And he walks up to him and they, Start talking. And then it turns out they actually have some um, similar uh, connections. So they, you know, both went to the same church, stuff like that. So he says, hey, do you want to come in? So he goes into the house and he starts, and he, Dan gets all, he starts crying. Like, it's all emotional. It's like, oh, my God, I, you know, this is where this happened. It's like, yeah, I can see that happening. That's really cool. Yeah. I used to do that with some of the homes that I lived in growing up. And there was one specifically that we lived in from... Oh, I would have been maybe 
seven years old till I was uh, maybe from six to 10, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, my kid's getting into that age. And I drove by one day and I got out of the car, did the same thing. And I was just standing in front of the house and I was just looking around the neighborhood because after my dad passed away, I found a bunch of old um, cassette tapes like from a uh, uh, camcorder. Okay. And I got those converted to DVD and I watched them and, and this home was part of all of that video. Oh, cool. And I had just watched it maybe a year ago or whatever, right? So thinking back and looking at the differences between the homes. So I was just standing there and the lady pulled up in the driveway and she was so nasty to me. She's like, I kind of ruined it for you. Can I help you? Yeah. I'm like, no, see you. <laughs> Got in my car and left. I bet if you had have said something, she would have been like, oh my God, come on in. Maybe. Let me make you a tea. But I had known now there's been like eight owners oh. since we moved in. Yeah. So, but uh, anyways, let's, so let's talk about first time home seller tips. Um, it's amazing how many first time sellers there are out there. Um, a lot of immigration where people came into this country, they bought a home and now it's their first time to sell. Yeah. Um, whatever. Um, let's talk about some of the things that these, these fine folks should do. So I'll just go off of the list we have here in no particular and, order. And th so I put this list together. So I don't know if you had a chance to read it. Um, it's more for discussion points and talking points. Yeah. And I would say it really covers about 50% of the whole gambit of what you need to take into consideration when you're selling. But this is a good starting point for sure. Well, some of the most important parts I would so start at the say. top. So the, the first one is making repairs. And in most cases, I would say those are often small things. Small things that maybe you just weren't bothered by or you kept putting off. Little yep. tedious tasks on your to-do list. And, you know, I was at a house today uh, doing a um, preliminary walkthrough and we had that discussion and it was like, you know, the baseboard is pulling away from the, the wall. You need to, you know, maybe throw a nail in there and some dap to seal the, the trim against the wall properly so it looks nice and tidy. The crown molding was doing the same thing. Just minor things that you've probably lived with for the past three years. And now, you know, you need to take the initiative to get that stuff ready. I'm finding buyers are a lot pickier these days, but also have a very high attention to detail. Yes. Um, whereas I think that's changed. Like if you think back 10 years ago, even buyers weren't as, I don't know, they didn't have as sharp of an eye. And I think maybe technology has helped that with better photos and virtual walkthroughs and, and video and all these things that people study. And of course, YouTube videos and HGTV shows, whatever, but buyers are very savvy when it comes to noticing deficiencies. I was, and, and a good realtor, of course, is going to pick up on that super quick, sometimes even in the photos. Yeah, I would say it's maybe part that, but also, and I don't want to word this the wrong way, but also... Don't word it the wrong way then. People, I'm not sure how to say it, but 
you know, people maybe just have higher expectations or overly picky, unnecessarily picky to a degree or entitled, like that sort of mindset. But but the point is to a first time home seller that's trying to maximize the value of selling their property. Yes, yes. Number one, making those necessary repairs. It could include fixing a leaky faucet. So when somebody's walking through, they don't see the faucet dripping or a toilet that might be having a, a cracked tile in the front foyer that you've lived with forever. Maybe it's time to replace it. Things like um, replacing old um, creaky uh, door handles, you know, and hinges the, even. And You're hinges big on that. Even. You always carry yes. the, what is it called? What do you use? I can't remember if I've always got a can of something. It's got a funny name. Oh, um, Jigalube. Jigalube, yes. I always got a can of Jigalube to Jiggle- lubricate the hinges and whatnot. Jigalube is the only lubricant you should use. Or a similar WD-40, the brand, they do now make a comparable lubricant to the Jigalube. Okay. Or we even, we've done used vegetable oil on hinges. Yes. Anyways, Any the kind point of is cooking to oil works. handle some of these small annoyances. Because you never know. It's interesting. And I have this, you know, I chat about this often with like, you'll have a whole different slew of people coming through and every particular person is going to have a, um, a certain thing that could just set them off or win them over. I've had client, one client who would, first thing she did, walked into a, the first closest bathroom and looked in the toilet and she established a, an opinion on the entire house based on looked how clean. Looked in the bowl? Lift the toilet seat up and looked inside. Okay. And that, that's how she established her um, opinion on how well cared the house is. Right. I've another client who was so fixated, talking about baseboards, so fixated on how dirty the baseboards are. And she would physically get all grossed out and turned off if she saw really filthy baseboards. Well, it's a good indicator. If the baseboards are dirty, the floors are dirty. Yeah, but my point, our point there is that, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it really shouldn't matter, but it does. Well, are you, but right now you're talking more about buyers. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's. If you're educating a buyer, you're saying yes, look beyond these things. Exactly. But if you're educating a seller, this you're is like, why you don't need even, to do it. don't even have these things come up. Right. Because address we, them. Yes, exactly. Because the fewer objections, you, the more objections you can handle before they occur, the more successful your sale will be. One of the first questions I ask most home sellers is when we're sit down, when we're sitting down talking about listing the property for sale. One of the very first questions I ask, what deficiencies or items that need to be repaired are currently inside or outside of the house? Can we go through it? Can you show me? And because unless you really don't care about your house, most people, when they own a home, they know exactly what needs to be done. Right. They'll show you, oh, yeah, the caulking. Okay, let me show you the this door doesn't open properly or the garage door, you know, it makes this noise, whatever. Yeah, like make a list of things that bug you. So you take all of those things, list of things that bug you, things that you know are broken, things that you know don't look right, things that you know should be addressed, and write it down and make a list. 
And that's the list you need to tackle. That's the first thing you should do as soon as you think about moving. Yes. Basically, pick away your to-do list. I'm yeah. sure most people know these things and they have them maybe even written down. All right. Next on the list, focus on curb <clears throat> appeal. Especially this time of year. It's crucial. Yeah, it's easier to get curb appeal when the weather's nice. Yes. <laughs> I was going to think of the Full re- of insight I was going to think huh? the reverse of that um, with regards to the winter's a nice time because you can avoid having to worry about that so much. Um, okay, so in the winter time, what would you do to create a good curb appeal? Well, in the winter time, the first and foremost is making sure you have clear walkways and driveways, stuff like that. So it's yeah. easily accessible. If you have um, invested in landscaping, you've got a nice patio, make sure they can see it. Shovel it regularly. The last thing you want is someone to buy your house and then move in in the spring and say, oh, this is a nice patio back here. I never even noticed it was here. Well, maybe they would have paid more if they saw it. Um, Pro tip, if you know that you're going to be selling in the months where your property is not at its most desirable picture, perfect time, and you know you're going to be selling during that time, try and get your realtor to photograph the property during its peak time. So those photos are um, kind of stored away for for that period of time so it can be used in various marketing materials. And intentionally uh, do that so that mm-hmm. they're actual nice pictures. Like I've had yeah. clients say, oh, can you include these pictures? And it's like their family hanging out in the backyard. Well, right. it's not as effective as if you had of maybe thought of it in advance and prepped and had a professional photographer come through just to have them on file. We always have sellers sending us photos. Oh, look at this photo in the backyard. Can you right. use this? And it's like taken with a 10-year-old cell phone. It's crooked. It's got the dog in it. Right. You know, uh, no, you can't use those. But curb appeal, I mean, going back to fixing the necessary repairs, things like the paint on the doors and the like the garage doors, the front doors, the caulking that's around them, um, your light fixtures, upgrading those kind of chalky looking, the ones that, you know, even even at a minimum, just taking them down and spray painting them or cleaning them. Like there's... there's they should you, be looking you, sharp and clean. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The numbers on your house. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the ones that the builders install after several years of getting pounded with different uh, climate, uh, um, change of climates and, and UV rays, they discolor or they well, even, fade. Even after construction, they're covered in dust and some people just never touch them. Right. Oh, yeah, and take that stupid... Uh, oh, the lot number 169, yeah, Homes. The builder sign. You don't need it on your house anymore. Well, you don't need it after your one-year tarry-on warranty has expired. Technically, Even you don't then, need like it. Even like, then. Yeah. I think it's more for the trades. It is, yeah. yeah. So once you have a municipal address and a postal code, get rid of the sign. Yeah. There's houses if in the our neighborhood. can't find your address. 12 years later, that still, still have it. it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. Um, okay. In the spring and summer months. So I had, uh, I've had some landscaping quotes recently and I was chatting with one of the companies and one of their, uh, one service that they do that has, they have exclusive people doing for them on their staff is um, kind of like general cleanup and prep for this purpose, just selling. And so they'll go in and they'll, you know, 
tidy up the yard. They'll do, they'll edge your gardens, throw down some mulch, um, basic stuff, but yeah. it cleans it up, looks nice and sharp. And, um, it's a regular discussion with buyers walking around to houses. As we approach a house, they always say something about it. And the houses that aren't, um, that don't have the curb appeal, which could just mean, you know, you've got a messy garden with dirt spewing out onto your lawn. They comment on it and they say, oh, I wonder what it's going to look like inside. So simple fix goes a long way. So I just added a tip on the list because I think it's an important one. Yes. And I think it's one that a lot of people that, are selling for the first time might have a fear of or not even fully grasp the fact. And that's hiring people to help you through the process. Now, when I say people, I'm not talking about your realtor. I'm not talking about your lawyer. I'm not talking about your accountant or your mortgage broker. I am talking about things like the landscaper yes, or the house cleaner or the carpet cleaner or the plumber or the electrician or the painter. If you have a good realtor, a good realtor will have a Rolodex of trusted service providers, contractors, what have you. And really, you could be completely hands off if you wanted to be because there are people that will clean the house, paint the house. There are people that will pack. There are people that'll come in and sell your shit. Like yeah. you can get everything done for you. Of course it comes at a cost. So you have to weigh out what am I good at? What can I do? What don't I want to do? What am I not yeah. good at? And <coughs> delegate out frog in my throat. delegate out the work that you're not able, willing, or willing to follow through with. Well, I think importantly too is I didn't do that as a first-time home seller, and I should have. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't in retrospect well informed. In retrospect, time. I would have done things to the home. If somebody said to me, "Oh, I have," so as an example, in my old home, I could have and should have replaced the kitchen countertop and modernized it, put a nice granite countertop or a quartz countertop with an undermount sink, what have you. I didn't have a contact for that. I didn't know how cost effective that would have been. And it would have made a great feature point. Uh, well, and the point of all these suggestions is that it, it's being done because we believe with a high degree of confidence that it will give you a better return than the cost to do it. So for some people, though, it, it is a cost issue. They can't afford to get new countertops. They can't afford to hire a cleaner. Um, you know, I would argue that... Anybody that <coughs> home owns a home should be able to afford a should, cleaner. Well, and if you don't have the money available, get a small line of credit or something and take it, to, you know, think of it as an investment into your home that you're going to get almost an immediate return on. Yes. So you, you know, take a few thousand bucks on a line of credit Use that to prepare your home. You sell the home. You pay off the line of credit. But in in exchange, you've sold for more money. Yes. So um, curb appeal <clears throat> in spring and summer. Uh, the other things you can do, adding just pops of color with um, hanging baskets of nice flowers that will really pop when somebody comes 
to the front door or from standing curbside. Um, shows well in photos. But it also, um, it's funny how people often neglect a lot of this stuff until they sell. Yes. And then they do it and they're like, oh my God, my house is so nice. Right. So it really does make a difference if you pick away at these things as you, as you go, as, you know, throw out your ownership and, you know, take care of your lawn, spend, yep. you know, a couple weekends every summer dedicating a couple of hours on one day to weeding and fertilizing. Yep. And then when it is time to sell, you'll be in much better shape. See, I hate that doing that stuff. So we hire the pros. Yeah. But if you do it regularly, whether yourself or you hire someone, when it's time to sell, it could make the difference of whether or not at that point you have to replace all your sod, right? If you take care of it regularly, you've got a nice lawn to enjoy throughout your ownership. And then when it's time to sell, it's basically ready to go. Staging the house. Yes. Oh, I kind of missed a step. Hire an agent who's worthy of your business. Do your homework. Hire yeah. somebody that's going to do a good job marketing the, the home, the, working with you, knows knows the market, knows the type of house, knows who's going to be the likely buyer, knows how to navigate. There's a lot of people out there that don't like to shop around. They just see something and buy it or see one company and hire them. Um, in this industry, how many agents are there now? 80,000? Over 100. Over 100,000 agents. In Ontario. In Ontario, yeah. Um, so there's a chance that, you know, because of the six degrees of separation, you know somebody who's licensed. It doesn't mean they're the right person for you. It doesn't mean they're not, but it means that you should interview two to three people, get a different opinion for sure. and see what sort of value each person brings to the table. Yeah. And how you connect with that person and how you believe that they're going to follow through on those promises and right. yada, yada, yada. But that is an important part of the process of... Well, which leads into the next point you made here of staging. Right? Yes. Staging is, uh, in the vast, I can't think of any scenarios where it wasn't worth doing. Like there's no houses. That, there's one house we have coming up where the owners are very design savvy. So we didn't require as much as maybe normally, but even there we did a fair, quite a bit. Yes. So it's... um a very important step in the process. So staging, I mean, that can include the very basics and the very rudimentary kind of uh, staging is is decluttering and depersonalizing. That's kind of the start of the process, really. Um, so some people say staging is, yeah, decluttering, depersonalizing, moving some furniture around. However, in the current market, especially in Southern Ontario, it needs to have that if you want to maximize your investment. And as, as a first-time home seller, this is one of the most important sales that you'll make in your real estate investment life. Because now the equity that you get from this home, which is the first time Likely the first time you're going to have an asset that is rewarding you with thousands of dollars of equity. This is the most important time to maximize that because now you are using that to buy a bigger piece of real estate. And 
the more equity you have, the bigger piece of real estate you can buy in your second purchase, which ultimately will help you that be that much further ahead um, in the long run. So, but well, assuming assuming that this particular first time home seller viewed a handful of properties before buying their current home, just think back to when you were out looking at homes. Um, and and try to remember which homes appealed to you more. Guaranteed that it's the ones that were just show yeah, ready. Nice, clean, moving, ready house. Right? I used to love walking around builder model homes, just looking at how well decorated they are. Like you fall, even if the house wasn't ideal, just fall in love with all, how nicely prepared it is. So a good realtor will stage your home. We don't charge anything extra for it. So we bring in furniture, artwork, accessories, linens. We deck the house out. It is picture, literally picture ready Yeah. by the time we're done. And you don't lift a finger. Staging crew goes in. They set everything up. When the home is sold firm, they go in. They take everything away. You just have to not touch a fucking thing while it's for it's, sale. Yeah. <laughs> but staging will result in a two to five percent increase on the selling price consistently and a more enjoyable quicker process and an enjoy yeah like you will get better offers yeah. you'll get more money possibly better terms and conditions um that go along with that versus not staging well we spend a lot of money on it and there's it's not because for any reason other than we believe in it Moving on to the price. So now it's staged. You got to price the property. It's important to set the right price. Why is that important, Mr. Trot? So for obvious reasons, I think it's obvious. Maybe it's not obvious. Some people just want to test the market out. They want to see if maybe I can get more money. Yeah, but also the right price could be strategic Well, there's two in different markets. Yes. We're in one of those markets now where you may be talking to the seller about underpricing the home to increase its audience, increase the likelihood of offers or amount of offers. So setting the right price doesn't necessarily mean that's the price the home will sell for. Right. It's and and to your point. There are homes where sometimes the strategy might be to overprice the house. Maybe it's a really unique home. Um, so setting the right price based on your lot, your location, the condition, the upgrades. Well, your um, realtor will who look your at competitors right, who's on the, on the market and who has sold recently. And how do you position yourself accordingly? And how we've talked about this in past podcasts. Um, in the intimate knowledge of the market that your realtor brings, the intimate knowledge of knowing what exactly is the audience for this home right now in the current marketplace. Are there a lot of townhome buyers right now? Or is the market more leaning towards looking at detached homes? Right. Are there a lot of 
young families looking for a townhome like this right now? Are there a lot of first-time home buyers in the market right now? Well, one thing that is, is helpful for us is knowing and, and having an ear on um, the number of offers. Yes. Specifically, because that's never known. So when you see, you know, the media start publishing information, usually about a month behind what's actually happening, they're not talking about the intimate details of, you know, oh, how many offers were on the house and right. how did that wholesale transpire? Um, so knowing this information and knowing that, oh, there was 15 offers on a similar home a week ago, we get a better gauge for uh, how many buyers are actually out there. Sure. And that will influence our opinion. If there were 15 offers on a specific house, there's only one buyer. So there's still 14 other buyers. Right. So, um, and that goes back to hiring a good agent that is able to advise you accordingly. Marketing the property. So there's a few things that can happen here. So for our process, it starts with our, well, if if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about coming soon ads. So that's uh, relative to our process in the sense that, you know, we begin our marketing even before we start taking photos. We've got a coming soon landing page on our website. We are talking about it on social. Once we have the photos, we're pushing out paid ads to get a lot of traction. And then, you know, once you're listed, uh, then you've got all the public uh, marketing such as realtor.ca and Dozens of websites that scrape data from there. Social media. Open houses. Open houses. What, how many, how long are the open houses? How many days? What days? Special events. Yeah. We've had some fun special events. Um, different forms of social media. You know, I laugh when realtors say, oh, I'm going to advertise your home on social media. Or post i don't even sometimes they they well they yeah maybe they say advertise but they don't actually advertise they right. just put a post yeah and think that's advertising well i guess it is a form of advertising but it's a bit misleading because well, when you think advertisement you assume there's money behind paid, it to, paid ads right of yeah. some kind um but social media what is social media right now like what does social media mean to realtor a versus realtor b because to realtor A could mean Facebook because they just learned how to use it. And social um, uh, realtor number two could be dominating the world in on TikTok and Instagram. And, and all of a sudden, you know, one story could turn into thousands of views. Right. So those types of things. And how is the property marketed? What kind of photos are being taken? What kind of video is going to be produced for this property? Are there any other types of access to digital marketing that your home will receive the benefit of? So, so things like property brochures or 3D walkthroughs. So a lot of these tips we're talking about now are less about what's, I'd say, less important relative to the topic in the sense that these are not seller tips. These are, But these are relevant to helping um, first-time home sellers choose the right agent. Yes. Because these are, these are things the real estate agent's doing for you. Correct. Um, well, even, well, let's just say even if you wanted to try and sell your home yourself, although there's very, 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 very few first-time home buyers or buyer, uh, first-time home sellers or sellers in general that would try and sell their home themselves because most people identify the fact that 
there is value to hiring a realtor and don't want to deal with it on their own, can't, don't have the experience, the knowledge, expertise, whatever. Um, but theoretically, you could. You could do sure. all this by yourself. You could have open houses. You could market it on social media. You could buy paid ads. You could. You could. Sure, you can, yeah. But um, the key is you got to have all that no matter which way you do it. No, I agree. Well, I'd say the next most important step on here, because at this point the house is ready to sell, the next most important part is being accommodating with showings. Yes. And uh, I had a client once who did not want showings after 8 p.m. because that's when his kids went to bed. I, uh, I convinced them not to make those restrictions. And we ended up selling in multiple offers. I, I don't remember how, how many offers there were, but there's multiple offers. And the, the winning bid, which was, I believe, $20,000 highest, higher than the next highest bid, was a buyer who came through at 8.30 on a Friday. Right. So who knows if that opportunity would have existed. And it maybe it cost them twenty grand if they didn't actually accommodate it. So be as accommodating as you can. If you work from home, go to a coffee shop. It's not fun, but it's a short period of time and it'll pay you uh, if you do all these things, it will be a shorter marketing time to sell the home and you can prepare in advance, right? Like if, if you know that your home is going to be listed for sale on Wednesday, it's always the first week that the home is going to be its busiest and leading up to the weekend is generally the busy, the week, the week nights and then the weekend will be your busiest times. Um, but also make it a little bit easier for you and your family, especially if you have kids. So have little lunch boxes full of snacks to take with you on the fly, have lots of movies and videos downloaded to your iPads, be prepared to work remotely. It's basically have like an emergency kit it, so you can absolutely. just get up and go. Imagine if you're, um, well, it's just like when your wife was pregnant I'm sure you had like a bag of stuff oh, ready, yeah, ready to, go to go to the, hospital. to the hospital. You need that kind of bag. You need a change of clothing, perhaps, especially in change of weather. Like I woke up this morning cold. I'll probably change into shorts this afternoon. Right? And plans like coordinate with your friends and family who are nearby. Say, hey, if I have a showing, can I come to your house for a couple hours? You're not eating at home and you're not cooking at home. So well, within a, reason. No, come on, get out of the house and go eat somewhere. No, no, I know, but I mean, you're still living at home, so it's okay to cook at home. But well, just there's be mindful another option: don't cooking. live at home. Plan if a vacation. Plan yeah. a vacation. Rent a. If you're in a market, rent a cottage for yeah. a week. Um, whatever. We just had clients in Cambridge, and they room in with a aunt. They left the day. I'm trying to remember this. They left more or less the day the house went to the market. And we sold it within three days. They were still, they were in. They were on the beach. They were on the beach. Then they came home. The whole process was done. Yeah. Everything can be done electronically, legally. Yeah. You got Zoom chat and you got DocuSign. It's all you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that wraps it up pretty good. Be flexible with the showings as much as you can. You want to let as many people through the home. Don't be afraid of open houses. They do bring buyers. So let your realtor do the open houses. And I think most importantly is just be open-minded. Open-minded to the whole like process. Like staging may not appeal to you, may not be your style. doesn't matter. It's not about you. 
The showings may not accommodate you. Doesn't matter. So to recap, get the home in great condition by making uh, proper repairs and maintaining anything that needs to be addressed. You want to give the home great curb appeal. So when somebody walks up to the house, they'll be wowed right away. And they're thinking that the inside might be looking just as great. Um, anything that you can't get done inside or outside the home, delegate to the pros, hire people that can help you accomplish these things, and then hire an agent um, that is able to market your home to the widest possible audience in the best possible manner, somebody that's going to hold your hand and be able to guide you through the process. Um, that person should be able to stage the home beautifully, make it picture ready. You're going to get the right price on the house by determining what's the best way to market the property in terms of price at the time you're going to be listing for sale. Uh, make sure that it's got lots of coverage to bring all of the widest audience of people in. So different social media, online listings, open houses, uh, digital marketing, whatever we spoke about. And um, then get out of the house and let everybody come and see it. That wraps it up. Those are your top however many tips to ensure you are successful as a first-time home seller. If you got any questions, leave us a comment. We'll be happy to answer anything that you want to know about selling your first home. Goodbye. Thanks for watching episode 237. If you're thinking about selling your first home, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you.